the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Is WWTC Minneapolis St. Paul FM 107.5 K298CO Minneapolis Intelligent Radio With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu responding to the criticism from the UN High Commissioner on Human Rights He says Israel's use of high-impact weapons in civilian areas constitutes a war crime What the uh, commissioner said is hogwash because we're, the, the main difference is, are you deliberately targeting civilians? No. We're deliberately doing everything, everything in our power to target the terrorists and the civilians, as happens in every legitimate war, are sometimes what are called collateral damage. That's a laundered way of saying unintended casualties. That's clearly what Israel is doing. And what clearly Hamas is doing is the opposite. Audio courtesy of NBC's Meet the Press. Five American troops killed in the crash of an aircraft over the eastern Mediterranean, that during a routine training mission. This is SRN News. Brandon Tatum sees work ahead for Trump. MAGA people are going to vote for Trump no matter what. But for, the, for other people that's on the fence, in the middle, vacillating, in the general, is when you're going to see a, a, a huge effect. If Donald Trump is able to prove his innocence early on, or it, it appears that he's going to be innocent early on, I think that's going to be a tremendous boost for him. The Officer Tatum Show, afternoons at 5 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Clean Comedy Night with author and comedian Jeff Allen is Thursday, November 16th at 7 p.m. at Celebration Church out in Lakeville. Visit am1280thepatriot.com for tickets and how you can get information on to get $10 off per ticket. Time to look at your weather forecast this evening from the Genovations Regen Weather Center. Low around 35 degrees tonight and clear skies for the overnight. Into Monday, more sunshine with the high in the mid-50s. You're listening to AM 1280 The Patriot. Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. Welcome back. AM 1280 The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Here to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. And don't forget to check out the live stream of our broadcast, where you could uh, just go to our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page and uh, check out a live stream. Like I say, leave a comment or question there. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Well, folks, uh, this weekend, of course, is uh, Veterans Day weekend where we always take an opportunity to pay homage to those who have served our country to preserve our freedoms and uh, protect our freedoms and uh, continue to uh, receive notoriety for the sacrifices they have made. And uh, we want to uh, transition now to welcome our uh, next guest to the broadcast, uh, Andrew Biggio. He is the author of of two different books, one called The the Rifle, Combat Stories from America's Last World War II Veterans Told Through an M1 Garand, and The Rifle II, Back to the Battlefield. Uh, Andrew has has been on a mission to uh, help World War II vets recall their time in combat and has also extracted 
valuable stories uh, from these veterans. Let's face it, the World War II generation, there are not many of these soldiers left. So whatever stories that we can have to uh, consign to the history books, we definitely want to hear about and continue to tell for the rest of our days. So without uh, further ado, we are honored to welcome back to the broadcast. Welcome to the broadcast for the first time, actually, Andrew Biggio. Andrew, good to have you in the broadcast today, sir. How are you? Thank you. Happy Veterans Day weekend. Thank you. You as well, sir. Uh, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, thank you uh, for your service and happy birthday uh, to the Marines. I know you were a former uh, Marine who served in uh, both uh, Afghanistan and Iraq. Is that true, Andrew Biggio? That's correct. Okay. And uh, I guess was it, um, we'll, we'll get into a little bit of your life's work in a bit here, but uh, in your time uh, serving in combat, was there something, was there kind of a light bulb that went on that uh, said to you, hey, when I get back, I want to share the stories of those who maybe have gone before me. I guess kind of share your story about um, how you got into service and uh, how you've spent your life uh, after the military. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> when I was a little kid, something always told me that I, I wanted to join the military and um, just to go in. I was always captivated by these old men wearing these hats with all these different pins on them, selling poppies on the street corner or outside in the supermarkets. I just, it was just something about them that I thought um, that we owed them so much and that the fact that they defended our country, whether it was like World War II, Korea, Vietnam, uh, I, I'm guessing, you know, in the early 90s, man, I, was just, I was seeing where the World War II veterans, and I was just so moved by these, these gentlemen that I said, oh, I want to be that one day. I want to be that guy. And of course, um, 9-11 happened. Uh, I think I was about a freshman in high school, and I said, okay, I, I'm going to join the Marines and served in Iraq and Afghanistan. And truthfully, I, I forgot about, those old men. I forgot about who may have worn the uniform before me. I was just trying to get my own service done. Uh, and it was when I came home that I kind of realized that I was named after my uncle who was killed in World War II. Mm. And this was kind of what, what sparked it. Um, I was, that was a piece of information I always knew. But when I came home and he didn't, that's what really started to spark me telling veteran stories. So I was trying to find men that served with him on that hill in Italy in 1944 when he was killed in action at age 19 years old. And we talked about your books, uh, The Rifle and The Rifle Two, and it began when you bought a 1945 M1 Grand Rifle. First of all, why don't you tell us about that, uh, about that particular piece of hardware and uh, what motivated you to buy it and, and I guess leads into what you've done with it since. Well, as I said, you know, um, Andrew Biggio, who was killed in Italy in World War II, wrote all these letters home, probably 50 letters to his mother. And the first letter I pulled out of a shoebox when I was trying to investigate what happened to him was him writing a letter to his mother in basic training on how much he enjoyed the M1 Grand Rifle. Mm -hmm. He's sitting there taking the time to explain this to his mother uh, about this rifle. And I said, wow, this kid was so alive and so... um, you know, eager to, to serve. I want to go out and buy an M1 Grand Rifle. I want to hold what he held. I want to feel what he felt. Wow. And I did that. And when I took this rifle to my friends and family, it was they viewed it, viewed it just as a gun. And I said, well, no, this is what, you know, my uncle had before he died. So it wasn't until I started bringing that rifle to World War II veterans and putting it into their hands again that I was getting the reaction that I wanted. I was getting memories come to their mind stories fly out of their mouth as they're holding this rifle, smiling from ear to ear because how many memories it brought back. And it was like the best therapeutic mission I've ever been on. And I got to place that rifle into the hands of 320 World War II veterans and record their stories in my books, Rifle One and Rifle Two. So, and, and you've also uh, taken the opportunity, have uh, many of these veterans have actually uh, actually signed this rifle too, correct? Yeah, so I was trying to figure out, you know, other than taking a photo, how can I, you know, preserve the legacy of every one of these veterans that, have, that are holding this rifle? So I had each one sign the stock, sign their name on this rifle, and now it's covered in 320 names, locations, battles, places, every branch. I wanted to represent the whole war in that rifle, and I did. I interviewed Marines who were on Iwo Jima, uh, soldiers that on the beaches of Normandy, um, Black American tankers who were the first tank, black tank unit in combat, uh, Japanese Americans who fought in Italy, uh, Navajo code talkers. I wanted to represent the whole war, and um, 
I think I'm pretty damn close to doing it. I, how could and, and I guess given the number of veterans that you've had uh, sign this thing, is there any is there any room for any more signatures? I guess in this rifle, Andrew. I mean, that's just an incredible story. There is some room, you know. Okay. I am at the end of I am at the end of the mission, but I still, as of last week, I was adding names to it, you know. And um, it, you know, if I'm coming across a World War II veteran, there's no way I can say no, you know. And obviously your mission has kind of evolved from here, initially showing them this rifle and them holding it and then you know, hearing these incredible stories of, of heroism and their time in combat. Uh, you've even taught in your book, uh, The Rifle 2, Back to the Battlefield, uh, just as the description would lend to, you've actually had the opportunity to bring these uh, soldiers back to where they were fighting. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I want to say over 50% of the veterans I was meeting, um, maybe even 70% of the World War II veterans I was coming in contact with had never returned to the battlefields they served on in Italy, Holland, the Netherlands, um, Belgium, Luxembourg, Germany, France. And, you know, with them, most of them haven't already outlived a spouse or one of their kids and then you know, just sitting in a nursing home or sitting home by themselves, I said, hey, would you go back with me and some other younger veterans? If we took care of you, if we pushed you in a wheelchair, can we take you back where you serve? And they, I was shocked for them to start telling me yes. And now, in the course of seven years, I've taken over 30 World War II veterans back to their foxholes, the villages they liberated, uh, where they were captured, where they were wounded, where they where their friends are buried. It's just been... Uh, probably the highlight of my life, other than my two kids being born. I mean, this is just extravagant. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I can't imagine the, the the initial reaction when they first uh, brought up there. I mean, uh, can, can you even be? Can you even describe what their reaction were? Was there was there a lot of tears? Was there just a bunch of stories that they that they started to share? Uh, what 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 can you tell us about the initial reaction? I mean, there had to have been initial dead silence at first. There's all, there was all different types of reactions. Um, I think the one that I was most compelled by was, you know, I took and I wrote about this pilot in my book, Rifle Two. Okay. He was a hundred years old. I brought him back to where he served as a fighter pilot during the Battle of the Bulge, and we located, with the help of Germans, uh, German historians and German farmers, we located two of the crash sites of his roommates. These are the guys that he trained with, employed with, slept with. And they were shot down by low-level flak, and one was shot down by uh, ME-109s. And we found the crash site, but what he didn't realize is one of them was still buried in Holland. And when we went to the cemetery, I purposely walked him down the aisle of graves to see if he would notice, and he did. And he dropped to his knees, broke down crying, and began to hold on to the grave. And it was um, just like a scene out of Saving Private Ryan, really. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, we've all seen, uh, many of us have certainly seen that movie. And, and again, that that in and of itself is just a movie. But to see that play out in real life, uh, absolutely, absolutely incredible. So we uh, definitely appreciate these stories again told in Andrew Biggio's book, uh, The Rifle, Combat Stories from America's Last World War II Veterans Told Through an M1 Garand. And The Rifle Two Back to the Battlefield. Again, we were hearing Andrew's stories about bringing uh, these soldiers back to where they fought in combat. Uh, Andrew, we need to take a, a quick break. Any chance you can hold uh, for one more segment with us? Absolutely. Okay, Andrew Biggio will be back to uh, tell some, share some more of these stories, again, as conveyed in his books, The Rifle and The Rifle Two, and on this Veterans Day weekend. And if you have any questions or comments, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Or check out the live stream of our broadcast up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. Brad Carlson back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. You are in a pickle jar for all the world to see. The holidays will be difficult for many local families. You can help by ringing bells for the Salvation Army. Your time at a Red Kettle will provide food, shelter, and care. Sign up today at SalvationArmyNorth.org. Together, we can love beyond. 
Over 50,000 police officers are assaulted on the job each year, leading to injuries and death. This is the reality they deal with when making contact with the public. Another reality is that if someone doesn't comply with a lawful order or uses force against them, police may have to use sufficient force in response to obtain compliance. Use of force is always ugly. Nobody likes it, especially police, and nobody knows how it will turn out. Spread the word. For de-escalation to work, both parties must de-escalate. And de-escalation isn't necessary if there is no escalation. Help police by not escalating. Don't attack or try to disarm an officer. Whether it's getting asked a question, getting a citation, or getting arrested, don't argue, don't resist, don't flee. After the encounter has been resolved is the time to address any complaints. Comply now, complain later. Keep everybody safe. This message brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how to help law enforcement accomplish its goals, visit nationalpolice.org. There are no words to describe it. The isolation. The boredom. The loneliness. If you're wondering where your teenage son or daughter's spirit went, you're hardly alone. The past year has been devastating, especially for them. But here's the good news. They might just find it again, playing high school sports. Workouts that stimulate, teammates and coaches that care, the sense of belonging so many of us have been missing lately. That's what school sports are all about. The sense of achievement is real, and the camaraderie is hard to beat. Coping with uncertainty is difficult, but school sports can help the teenagers in your family start feeling like themselves again. Encourage them to give it a try. High school sports. It's so much more than a game. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. I'm Scott from the History Unplugged podcast. History can be a bit of a tongue twister with its weird sounding names of people, places, and things, but it really isn't that confusing. History is the story of who we are and how we comport ourselves while soaring to victory in battles over forts, seaports, and cities that fortunately thwarted the schemes of villains and their blood sports, like the 1415 Battle of Agincourt. It's about legal battles in courts, about the contortion of torts over the retorts of consorts that turned into kangaroo courts. I exhort you to listen to History Unplugged on the podcast player of your choice, and you can listen to it while wearing shirts, shorts, skirts, skorts, or jean jorts. Cool old patriots join me in alaska in june 2024 for the adventure of a lifetime for more information or to book call 855-565-5519 or visit patriotsalaskacruise.com hey welcome back am 1280 the patriot northern alliance radio network with me brad carlson thanks so much for tuning in And we are here on this uh, Veterans Day weekend. Thank you to all of those who served this great country. We have uh, taken the first segment this hour talking to former Marine Andrew Biggio, discussing his mission to help World War II veterans revisit the battlefields they fought in, as well as visiting the graves of their fellow soldiers. Just uh, incredible tales. And it all started with a, a M1 Garand rifle that he purchased and brought to these World War II veterans for them to hold. And the memories of their time serving our country in World War II just came pouring out. So much so that Andrew has written two books regarding this. Uh, one called The Rifle, Combat Stories from America's Last World War II Veterans Told Through an M1 Grand, M1 Grand and The Rifle Two Back to the Battlefield. Again, you can check out both of those books. Uh, go to Amazon.com where you can find uh, both of those books. Uh, Andrew, I guess uh, in... Uh, listening to a lot of the stories you shared interacting with these World War II veterans and, you know, again, feeling inspired to buy this uh, Grand Rifle to share with them and kind of bring back the feeling of what they felt uh, in combat. Was that what, uh, did someone reach out to you and say, hey, you need to write a book about these incredible tales? Or was this something you were motivated to do? Because I'm, gonna, I'm going to assume these were the first ever books that you had uh, written, Andrew Biggio? Yeah, it's a great question. Definitely the first books I ever wrote. I was not even a big school guy, homework guy. I didn't you know, enjoy all that stuff. I couldn't wait to get out of college Same. and high school. And, um, it was when... I was probably taking the rifle to my, I don't know, let's just say like my 20th veteran to sign it. And his name was Clarence Cormier, and he was actually from Gardner, Massachusetts. I've been all over the country with the rifle. 
and Clarence had I knew it was my it was this time to get an XPOW on the rifle. And so I know Clarence was captured in the Battle of the Bulge, so I went to his house and we started talking and he began to cry. And it was the first time I ever saw a 95-year-old man at the time weep. I mean, mm. watching him cry, a, a man of that age, cry like, um, you know, his dog just died in a way, sure. you know. And he started to talk about how, you know, and this guy could have lied to me. He could have fed me any lies I would have ate up right away because I wasn't there 75 years ago. I wouldn't have known. And he admitted that he never even fired a shot, that he was only in Europe for two weeks in his first day of combat, he was captured, and it was Clarence had served with the 106th Infantry Division at the time. Um, the 106th Division ended up having to have one of the biggest surrenders since the American Civil War. They they had surrendered between seven and eight thousand men at the Battle of the Bulge. They were a brand new unit put in the woods in the in the Ardennes, told that that was going to be an easy area for them to break in and get used to things. But really, it's exactly where the Germans uh, overran, and. He got stuffed in a boxcar train with thousands of other prisoners. They couldn't move. They were squeezing there so tight. And, you know, the train was destined for Germany. And so as it's on the way to uh, prisoner war camps, two American fighter pilots, P-47s, they see this German train. What do you think they do? They begin to strafe it. They have no idea that they're killing their own men inside mm. this train. And he's crying to me, telling me the story, reminiscing about having to break out of the train and guys getting killed and the planes going by over and over again. And, and then what they decided to do is they threw their bodies on the ground and formed the letters P-O-W with their human bodies. And that stopped the strafing because the planes came down in another dive and began to pull up as soon as they could read the words P-O-W. And he told me that story crying his eyes out. And um, when his daughter grabbed me in the hallway before I left, she said, you know, I always knew my father was a prisoner, but I've never heard my dad tell that story. And that's what made me put pen to paper and start writing their stories. Because I said, if his own daughter didn't know the story, how many people across the world don't know it? Yeah, and obviously this was something that you were you were on a mission just uh, obviously out of the goodness of your heart to try to uh, appeal to these veterans and you know and obviously there was a benefit to extracting these stories but then putting like you say pen to paper and getting these books out there what kind of critical acclaim what kind of response have you have you got to these books because these are just the stories you're sharing with re- right now Andrew I, I it's just a, a fraction of what you probably have in these books what kind of response have you got from these um, I've gotten great. Great acclaims. Um, the, the, what I what was most important to me was the the approval of the veterans I wrote about, of course, and then the approval of the of the Marines I served with, and I got both of those, and that is what um, really made me happy about this whole journey. And in Ireland, they opened the door for other World War II veterans who said, "Hey, I read, they would email me or write me letters. I read your book, and that's exactly what it was like in my division." Next thing you know, I'm going to their house with the rifle and having it signed. Um, some of the biggest historians and authors out there have reached out to me. These are num- New York, you know, uh, excuse me, New York Times best-selling authors reaching out to me, telling me how great I did and how awesome it was, and want me to join them on their podcasts. And it's just, um, it feels good. It feels good. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, I can't can't even imagine. Again, we're joined by uh, Andrew Biggio, talking uh, a Marine veteran, uh, talking about his uh, nonprofit dedicating. Uh, to honoring veterans. Uh, you know, Andrew, I, about a, I'm trying to think, about a year or two ago, I got to interview a gentleman, uh, Colonel Harry Stewart. He himself had written a book about being one of the Tuskegee Airmen, obviously uh, uh, African-American airmen who went and fought on behalf of the United States in World War II. And when they came back, obviously this was the 40s, uh, given the racial segregation very much alive back in the 1940s, certainly didn't enjoy the freedoms that some of the other American citizens had. Did you get any stories like that where despite these men uh, faithfully serving their country and willfully serving their country that when they came back maybe weren't getting uh, the reception that they would be uh, worthy of? I mean, did you get any stories uh, along those lines where maybe not to say that they weren't regretting their service but didn't feel as though they were getting the, the, uh, let's be honest, the, the, the praise they deserve putting their lives on the line? 
Oh, definitely. And and that was a huge part of it. I had to, and, you know, I'm a police officer. It's my full-time job. And, okay. you know, during uh, over the last 11 years I've been working, you know, I've been in the thick of it as far as, um, you know, all different types of protests and rallies and movements. And it really started to think about uh, the World War II guys, the pioneers of, you know, these guys weren't even allowed to sleep in the same tent as white soldiers. And so um, there was a gentleman by the name of Robert Andrew, and he was living in Alabama. He was one of the members of the 761st Tank Battalion, which was an all-black tank unit, the first one in combat. They were called Patton's Panthers. That was the nickname they gave themselves. And he was wounded by a German bazooka. Destroy his tank, was, you know, chunks out of his arms, burned him with uh, hot um, oil from the tank, and he came back, and uh, he wasn't even allowed to wait. And then he's all bandaged up, and straight, he's on uh, crutches, and he allowed to, to, to stay in the same area of the train station as white soldiers. And he looked down at his wounds on his arms and says, Is this what I got all this for, to be treated like this? Mm. And, you know, he never regretted serving. He never felt sorry for himself. Um, he was a proud vet. He was just honored um, a few days ago in Birmingham, Alabama, and I actually got to attend. But, uh, yeah, there was a lot of that. And uh, those guys really took to, to heart and became even prouder because they ended up – people like the Japanese-Americans Infantry Regiment in Italy became the most decorated infantry regiment of all time. Not only did they – did they prove uh, the U the U S wrong, but they proved the world wrong, and they 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 forged their legacy into history. <clears throat> so I, obviously, when the uh, a lot of these veterans certainly um, you know they're in their mid to late nineties, some are even have reached uh, triple digits at this point. Uh, there are not a lot of them left anymore. So even more than ever, we're gr- we're grateful to hear these stories and what they're conveying while they're still able to tell them. Are there any of them that lament? I mean, I don't care where people are politically, but some have to look at the state of this country and what's going on in this country, particularly the divisiveness. Again, I wasn't alive in the late 60s, 1968, when a lot of the unrest was taking place. But some say now more than ever, are we divided before? Uh, Do veterans have any commentary? Those World War II veterans have any commentary in the state of our country today and what's happening and what their reaction is? Um, Yeah, I mean, in... A lot of them are obviously not happy of what's going on in this country. They're, um, you know, they're 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 saddened. You know, I've heard some guys even refer to this isn't the country they fought for, and you know, things like that. And and I try to keep them <clears throat> kind of give them hope, saying, "Hey, listen, well, you got guys like me here writing your stories, traveling with a rifle. You know, I'm I'm supposedly, uh, you know, Gen Z, and you know, look what I'm doing. You know, and so don't don't feel that way. You know, and and I have so many young kids from 15 years old to in their 20s that are following me on social media and Instagram and getting them into veterans, and I'm giving them more about veterans on their phone in their face than their own schools are. So it's um. I try to keep veterans having having hope. You know, I think a lot of the a lot of them were really uh, disturbed about you know guys kneeling for the flag uh, and that whole thing. That really, because to them the, the American flag was the thing they draped on coffins, the thing that they lowered at half staff, the you know what they gave family members of guys who were missing in action, and, um, and that flag meant a lot on the battle out there in Europe and in the Pacific and flag raising on Iwo Jima, it represented black veterans, white veterans, and it's um, one thing that should be unifying. It's not used as a tool to break us apart. Once again, we are joined by Andrew Biggio talking about uh, his incredible work with the World War II veterans. Again, his books, The Rifle and The Rifle II, available via Amazon.com. Andrew, we only have about a minute remaining. We certainly appreciate your time today. Uh, If there's a website or social media presence or anything else where people can go to to find out more about your work and maybe where they can uh, contribute to not just World War II veterans but any wounded veterans, um, now's your opportunity. Feel free, please. Yeah, people can visit theworldwar2rifle.com. They can Google the World War II Rifle. They'll see my website. Um, currently, obviously, the books are available on Amazon, The Rifle, The Rifle 2. And right now we're fundraising on my website to bring four World War II veterans back to Belgium for the 79th anniversary of the Battle of the Bulge. And three of these men have never returned before. So please consider uh, donating on our GoFundMe. 
Yeah, again, Andrew Biggio, Marine veteran and nonprofit dedicating to honoring veterans. Just uh, incredible stories of uh, how he's impacted the lives of of these men. Again, many of them mid to late 90s, some even reaching triple digits, don't have a lot of time on this earth. So the fact that they had this opportunity to be blessed by the simple gesture of holding a rifle, maybe even returning to where they had these moments of glory, just absolutely amazing stories. So again, as Andrew alluded to, his books, The Rifle and The Rifle 2, available on Amazon.com. And Andrew Biggio, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for your service. Uh, happy rest of uh, Veterans Day weekend, and uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson, back with another segment in Mere Moments. Go nowhere. This is Dennis Prager from Athanasium, the Math Learning Center. As you know, I prefer clarity to agreement. Being able to understand math is often key to achieving clarity. But with 6 out of 10 high schoolers not being proficient at math, students could be at a great disadvantage. Mathnasium helps students reach their potential to understand and even enjoy math, whether they're starting out far behind or already doing well. Using a customized one-on-one approach, Mathnasium educates and inspires students, helping them develop number sense math fluency, and confidence that equips them for success in school and for the rest of their lives. Mathnasium also provides homework help so students can better understand and finish it successfully on their own, freeing you up to focus on other aspects of parenting. Give your child a life-changing math learning experience. Contact one of the Mathnasium centers listed on the Patriots advertiser page at am1280thepatriot.com and receive $50 off your enrollment. Mathnasium changing lives through math. Let's See, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan, double MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 844-94-BIBLE. That's 844-94-BIBLE. 844-94-BIBLE. Hi, it's Keith Hittner Sr. here. Tune in on Sundays at noon for your Real Estate Chalk Talk, where we study the science of buying and selling real estate and the art of living in your home. Get the solid real estate facts you need from Keith Hittner Sr. and Keith Hittner Jr. of Colwell Banker Burnett and their team of experts. Tune in to Real Estate Chalk Talk on AM 1280 The Patriot every Sunday at 12 noon. Brought to you by the Hittner Group, the number one Colwell Banker Group in the nation. Online at HittnerGroup.com. And tune in to Real Estate Chalk Talk every Sunday at 12 noon on AM 1280 The Patriot. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Minnesota. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. And uh, with the guest of Palooza rolls on, as we are now joined in studio by Jake Cox. He is a 16-year-old young man, uh, felt led to raise money for Speed the Light. Speed the Light is an organization that helps people, uh, helps set people free. From sex trafficking, builds water wells in Africa, and has the goal of bringing the gospel to 2,000 unreached people groups. Uh, Jake, uh, coming in here to share with us uh, how his uh, fundraising endeavors are faring and how you can help him out, too. I mean, 
like I say, we love to highlight uh, great local stories here on the Patriots, so we're honored to welcome into the broadcast aforementioned Jake Cox. Jake, welcome to the broadcast, sir. How Thank are you? Thank you, sir. How are you? I am doing well. Thanks so much. Uh, I'd like it better if you had a Vikings jersey on. What's with this <laughs> Eagle stuff, man? No, I'm kidding. I'm it's, kidding. It's got my last name on it. Well, that's true. I hadn't considered that. So for Fletcher Cox, right? Yeah. See, I'm a sports guy too, so I I got I got that. Uh, well, Jake, welcome yeah. to the studio. Like I said, Thank you. Uh, Thank talking a little bit about Speed the Light. Uh, we'll talk about your specific fundraising goals in a minute here. But first, I kind of gave kind of a broad overview of what Speed the Light is. Uh, talk about how you got involved with them. Yeah. So throughout my years at my youth group, earlier years, middle school, early high school. I would like donate maybe twenty, fifty, maybe a hundred bucks just of my own money, but um, through some very challenging mental health issues last year, I felt like God was leading me to raise a thousand dollars. Um, September twenty twenty two, and um, I just had this big goal, and I just c- kind of began to ask people, talk to with my parents of how I could hit this goal. I had an idea of selling something. But then my mom came up with this idea since another one of my passions is geography. So this was the last year's project. So what I would do last year, she came up with this idea for people to sponsor countries that I would uh, pray for the country. And uh, do like a quick video clip sharing the knowledge I've gained about the country. And it just started tremendously. I mean, I think I'd raised $500 in the first 24 hours and I was like kind of blown away sure. at how quick this was moving. And in the end of it, um I think we did this one that one was a few months. This okay. one it's a little more condensed. But um we would do sometimes 10 videos a day doing country reports and we hit 3860. So I was just Pretty amazed at that. $3,860. dollars Wow, okay. Yeah. We had people, some people would like want to, like, I'm, I'm really passionate about this country, so can I sponsor it? Because the original idea was there's about 200 countries in the world and um, 10 bucks a country to sponsor it. But then we had some people sponsor multiple countries. Sure. So. How many co- and how many countries did you get up to? Did you say we had we had all of them? All of them. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So we had some people doing multiple. We had some people just donating. So when obviously you know you you have a specific focus. I mean, we we hear about it a lot, particularly some of the disturbing aspects of uh, of young people getting caught up in the sex trafficking industry, a horrific thing. And we are hearing more and more about people of faith standing in the gap, stepping out trying to find these young people and you know the church where I attend uh they talk about you know when they rescue some of these young people it's just a matter of hey you know it just took somebody to look for them and that takes resources and that takes effort on on your part so yeah. how did this particular aspect of uh, of your charity come about the sex trafficking was it something that was brought to your youth youth group's attention you'd been hearing about it in the news why don't you share that with us yeah so um i've known about sex trafficking for quite a while just something that our our church really pushed on us since we were young, like even as a sixth grader attending youth group. But where where it really became just such a horrible thing to me is um since I've been attending MYC the last three years, and they always pushed that message, and just hearing how people my age, younger than me, are basically treated as property. It's mm. basically it's slavery, mm-hmm. and um I completely disagree with slavery. Sure, and. It's just really sad to see that this is not just happening in India or wherever. It's happening right here in our oh, city yes. all the time. These motels, these places where uh, people are just sold into sex slavery, abused countless times a day. I cannot imagine that being my life, and I'm so thankful that I'm not in that situation by the grace of God. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Amen to that. And, I mean, I can't imagine as a 16-year-old thinking of, of heady stuff like that. So the fact that you're willing to, to you know, obviously bring this to the forefront, bring this to attention, and actually do something about it is 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 remarkable. So uh, you talked about your previous endeavors, kind of matching your passion for ending this with your uh, passion for geography. This time around, kind of a little different tactic. You're, like we mentioned to you, wearing your, your NFL jersey, Eagles, with your last name on it, Cox. Uh, you're matching your passion, you're, or you're pairing up your passion for sports with this endeavor. So kind of tell us how that works. Yeah, so 
after I had raised the money for geography, I knew I just didn't want to be like a one-year wonder. I didn't mm-hmm. want to talk about that with like a hit song. <laughs> I, want, I wanted to keep it going, though. Um, and um, God actually put a huge goal on my heart at MYC this year that I was going to raise 5000 Now, what's MYC? for Minnesota Youth Convention. Youth, Minnesota Youth Convention. Okay, so thank you. Continue. It's where all of, uh, the churches in Minnesota, Assemblies of God, gather okay. in um, Mayo Civic Center. There's just great speakers, great worship, and it's just a time to really have fun and get really close to God. It's kind of like um, camp, kid, kids camp or sure. youth camp. It's just like how my youth pastor describes it is camp squished into two days. Okay. So um, Pretty intense, I would think. Yeah. Because I remember going to camps like that. It was like a week long, but to squeeze into two days, that's a lot going on. Yeah, and there, there's a little bit less. but um, Okay. And it's a little more... Well, obviously, it's only two days, so we're not going to put, like, a, three services a day. Sure, sure. But um, it's really fun. had a great time, but my favorite part about it is getting close to God, and that's where this goal really came about. So, so the goal of $5,000 again, and, and where are you at now? Where, what can you tell our listeners where you're yeah, at Yeah, we are at 3400 right now. Okay, I'm a numbers guy. That's close to 70%. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah so. we're, we're making— do you, have a, do you have a date by when you want to accomplish that goal? Hopefully by November 15th. That's when my church, um, my youth group has the big give night. Okay. Which is the yearly give where we pull all our funds together and see how much we raise to send out for missions. So that's three days away. Yeah, so, okay. three days away. So. Yeah. Okay. So it's getting close, but um, it's getting close. Well, I want to give our listeners an opportunity because I know our listeners. I've met a lot of them at different events. Our station has had very conscientious, very concerned about what's happening within our community. And obviously, you know, you talk about uh, this particular this, this horrific thing, uh, sex trafficking, and it isn't just limited to third world countries, as you alluded to. We're hearing about it yeah. happening in big cities, and sadly, right in our home city of Minneapolis, it's disturbing to think about, but it's a reality we face. So. As a result, Jake, I know that some of our listeners listening would say, you know what, that's something I'd like to help out with. And let's be honest, you're a conscientious young man. They want to encourage the youth of America too, Jake. So if people want to donate, what do they need to do? All right, so I have a Venmo at Jake Cox Speed the Light. If you'd like to donate there, that's the easiest way to do it. All Um, one word, Jake Cox Speed the Light? At uh, all caps, Jake Cox Speed the Light, one word. If You can also make a check out to... <coughs> That's okay. You're good, buddy. So we're talking with uh, Jake Cox again. He wants to let he folks. He's given you some valuable information here about how you can donate to his cause again uh, to set people free from sex trafficking. Again, it isn't just confined to the third world countries. It's also happening sadly in big cities, even in some small towns in this uh, in this area. So you good? Yeah, All right. Okay. Good. So so uh, let us know again <laughs> where people can donate. Yeah, so uh, at my Venmo, Jake Cox, Speed the Light. Okay. All all caps all and caps. all one word. That's the easiest way to do it electronically. Got it. Also by cash or check. And if you are doing a check uh, in the memo, I would we would have you put STL Jake. STL Jake. So STL for Speed the Light. Yes, yeah, Speed the Light. Okay. And, and it, the church I attend is Redeeming Love Church in Maplewood, Minnesota. Okay. Off White Bear Avenue. I've heard of it. I know yeah, that. Yeah, so pay, if you would, you would put in pay to the order of Redeeming Love Church, or RLC. Got it, RLC, yeah. Redeeming Love Church. Okay. Yeah. 16-year-old Jake Cox, a very conscientious, ambitious young man, taking on this goal of raising $5,000 again to combat sex trafficking. He's about 70% of the way there, and he's got three more days to, to reach his goal of $5,000. And uh, you know, through all things, uh, we could... Uh, it can happen, you know. God's in control. You know that, Jake. Yeah, and uh, he doesn't. For sure. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't call those who are equipped. He equips those whom he's calling. And he's definitely sound like he's equipping you. So this is uh, a yeah. this is fantastic That's stuff. Awesome. Well, Jake, we need to take a quick break. Any chance you can stay with us for one final segment? Uh, yeah, of kind of course. go over it. All right, yeah, fantastic. Let's do it. Yeah, Jake Cox joining us in studio, talking about uh, his mission to uh, combat sex trafficking and uh, in affiliation with Speed Light, also to bring the gospel to. Several unreached people groups. Folks, you want to call in? uh, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. We'll be back in mere moments on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere.
Advantage Auto Glass is your local auto glass specialist for over 20 years. Expect a lifetime warranty and no insurance hassle. Visit ReplaceMyWindshield.com. ReplaceMyWindshield.com. It's not over. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. I'm Marianne Kuharski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Our messages feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy assistance. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. Please find us at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. Grandchildren are a gift from God, but sometimes they come with surprise bonus gifts. I got granddaughters now that go to preschool. You've never been sicker in your life till you spend time around kids that go to preschool. It's awful. You want a flu vaccine? Scrape the cheek of a five-year-old coming out of a preschool. And my granddaughter waits till I'm sleeping on the couch and she just walks over and stares at me. And did you know because of gravity, everything in her little mouth is splashing on my face. Comedian Jeff Allen will be in Minnesota on November 16th at Celebration Church in Lakeville. AM 980 The Mission and Mathnasium are proud to present a clean comedy night for all ages. The worst is when they take a drink out of your water. They give the glass back and there's this six-course meal floating around the top. Jeff's stories are hysterical and his testimony is deeply inspiring. Don't miss your chance to see Jeff in person. Water shouldn't have 40 grams of fiber in it. That's all I know. Visit am980themission.com today and save up to $10 per ticket. Record-setting four-time Emmy Award winner Michelle Tafoya discusses politics and the state of our culture, free from mainstream media pressures. That means you'll find unhindered commentary and astute observations that bring greater depth to the topic at hand. Insight from subject matter experts and thought leaders round out the conversation. The Michelle Tafoya Podcast, free on YouTube, or stream via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Looking to make a difference? Volunteer for your local fire department. Join a family that will serve with you, always have your back, and train you to be the best version of yourself. Visit MakeMeAFirefighter.org. Hey, welcome back. AM 12 to the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. One final segment with our in-studio guest. 16-year-old Jake Cox talking about his affiliation with the Speed the Light and the money that he is raising to attempt to combat uh, sex trafficking, which, folks, it isn't just confined to third-world countries. Like I said, there's a, there's unfortunately a lot of this harrowing activity taking place in our cities as well as our small towns. Now, Jake, we talked a little bit about last year you paired your uh, passion for this endeavor along with your uh, passion for geography mm-hmm. this year it has to do with sports like we talked about and uh, yeah, you know, the new sure. jersey collection and everything else <laughs> and to go along with that um uh i'd be remiss if i didn't bring up the matching funds that are uh, also taking place that are available yes. why don't you share a little bit more about that yeah so really why where i came up with the idea for this second project was i've always had a love for sports but sometimes i feel a little guilty because i Maybe I shouldn't, but um, I, I want to use whatever <laughs> talents and giftings I have sure, yeah. for God. And I had I felt like, you know, playing Madden or making schedules or watching games, that's not doing much for God. Mm. But um, So I just kind of had this guilt about, like, I was kind of just using it as entertainment. But I know that because so many people share that love um, and impaired interest as I do, that it could be something really successful. So my mom came up with this idea. She would record me uh, daily, a 21-day series of devotionals. I would share a quick message. We would uh, have like a print. We I would make like a actual copy of the devotionals too. So like something that 
went with the message. Mm-hmm. And that those would be, I'm not exactly sure how long they vary, but you could buy like an electronic copy for 10 bucks or like a physical copy, which would be like packaged with like, I don't know, maybe a football sticker for like 20 bucks. Okay. A lot of creative ideas uh, as a way to raise money, so that that's really a big part of it. If you're going to raise money, that's great, but if you can do it creatively and pair something that you enjoy, yeah, uh, even better. Um, I guess, what more can you tell us about uh, about the matching funds in particular? How does that work? Yeah. Um, so we received $500. Um, okay. Actually, from my mom was one of the people, and then also the TGM Scholarship Fund. Okay. Which is uh, something that's a part of our church, which my mom and grandma run. So that means if you donate a dollar per se, that means that two dollars are going to missions. Oh, fantastic! Because all the way up to five hundred, if we could use all those up, we're at forty four hundred, just like that. Yeah. Be about. I'm a math guy, so yeah, the math definitely works. Eighty percent of the way there. <laughs> That is good. That's good. Yes, you are also a math guy. I can tell this. So basic math. Yeah, basic math. Hey, that that's important. You know that, that no one could just do that right off the top of their head like you just did. So yeah. that's that's fantastic. So again, Jay Cox talking about uh, his uh, his affiliation with uh, Speed the Light. What other kind of uh, uh, I guess uh, endeavors are they involved in? I mean, obviously you, you you have a specific focus on sex trafficking, which again we've talked about uh, is an issue, but. Uh, there are also people in these other areas, not not just in this country, but other countries, uh, who are hungry for the gospel. They may not know it, but once they hear it and hear what it's about, it really it really fills them up and feeds yeah. them, just like it's doing to you, quite obviously, because you're motivated to do all this. So yeah. uh, what other areas are, can you tell us about uh, Speed the Light specifically? Yeah, so Speed the Light, they really work in um, their main objective is leading people to the gospel, and that mm-hmm. kind of parallels with all of the different projects they do. They partner with uh, lots of different organizations, such as Convoy of Hope. They partner with missionaries. Heard of them, yeah. yeah. Uh, They build uh, water wells in Africa, and they use this water well as an opportunity to build a church as well. So I think that is super cool. They've done a couple trips to... or My church has actually done a couple trips to Africa. Unfortunately, I haven't been on one yet. Is that a goal, too, to get there? That would be awesome. Have you ever been to a different country outside the United States? I've been to Mexico and, okay. and Canada. Okay. That's about the extent of my uh, uh, outside of America, too. I've been to Canada and I've been to Mexico, which is technically the North American continent. These are different countries, but technically still the North American continent. Yeah. I want to get out of North America one of these days, Jake. Have you done that yourself? No. Not yet? Not okay. Quite. Hawaii is the, the, the furthest I've been. Well, that's still technically the United States. Yeah, but that's, it, it's United States. But, but still, that's a, that's like going to a different country, the yeah, long flight, I suppose. I, I, love, <laughs> I love Hawaii. It's a really great, great state. But um, that's a side note. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I don't mean to get you off track there. But, but yeah, um, these, are, these are wonderful things. I'm glad you brought up Convoy of Hope because if you've been driving on our nation's freeways, you see these big uh, semi-trucks driving down the road, Convoy of Hope, because... Mm-hmm. We've endured a lot of natural disasters in this country. I mean, obviously, Florida with the hurricanes. uh, We've seen a lot of the unrest that took place a a few years ago. Uh, There's parts of the country that are susceptible to earthquakes. I mean, we've uh, we've seen it in Texas where they had inclement weather, uh, a lot of snow, which uh, uh, adversely affected their power grid. So anything that can go to help others um, meet basic needs, I think you would agree, Jake, that's a way to probably uh, reach people through the gospel as well, right? Yeah, and then um, another thing they do is also, as I mentioned before, funding to missionaries. Yes. And um, so they we've donated money in the past for vehicles or materials for missionaries to uh, help build churches. And um, have there's some places like the Middle East where it can be very dangerous to— Oh, yes. Um, be a missionary there so we provide lots of aid for them to try to make sure things aren't as hard and they have everything they need so they're not having to go to places and have Uh, to like buy like bibles or something right right oh i have the utmost admiration for these for these men and women these families that go to these countries where 
I've heard stories where they don't know the culture, they don't know the language, they know literally nobody, and they sell all of their earthly possessions here in America because God called them to go there. That that's some incredible faith, Jake, and the fact that
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.